Hey, Dougie. Hey, Kevin. How you doing? Well, not that great, really. Yeah, you seem a little pale. Well, is everything okay? Yeah, I mean, it is now, but I had this terrible dream last night. Oh, it's been no. haunting me. What happened? Well, do you want to talk about it? Yeah, I do. It might be, I guess it'd be good for me to get it off my chest. Yeah. I, I was at this old-fashioned carnival. You know, like in the 40s, maybe? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, those... yeah. like the old carnies. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, all the, all the balloons and scary yes. houses. Yeah, and you know, the, mummies the and stuff. strongmans and kind of things. Yeah. Yeah, it's well, creepy already. Yeah, but I didn't go on my own. I was taken there. Oh. Yeah. Like kidnapped? Yeah, and they turned me into a geek. <gasps> oh, no. Oh, I know I know what you're talking about. Those geeks from the old carny the old carnival days. Yeah. Well, tell yeah. me about it. Well, I I had this plastic pocket protector. <gasps> and I it was full of pens, so many I don't know what I would do with all of them. And then they kept bringing me electronic stuff to fix. Oh no. So it sounds like you were a, a geek. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It sure does. So where where did this happen? I the, well, where did you have this dream? I, I was I was in this I was in between this two rows of buildings. Okay, so like a street kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. Only it, it was a dead end, and oh. the, the houses were kind of close together. I guess it really wasn't a street. What what do you call those? An alley. An alley. Dougie, sounds like you were in nightmare alley. A Nightmare Alley. Welcome to One Brew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Every week, we talk about film. Sometimes films I like. There's a flip side to that coin. What if you do got me boxed in, and I gotta put you down? And sometimes films I like. Films that inspire creativity. Films that inspire hope. I'm going to see the world. Italy, Greece, the Parthenon, the Colosseum, and then I'm going to build things. Films that take you to a place you never knew existed. I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. Sometimes films that are just entertaining. Now, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. We hope that when you listen to us, you walk away with a new idea, a new perspective, or at least you have a good time. Dougie. Oh, very good. Good work. Best work is done on the fly with I no preparation. So. There you go. <laughs> uh, so. So are we doing Nightmare Alley? Tonight, if you didn't, I mean, I, I will say some of our intros are hard to understand. I think so. But if you didn't pick up on the fact that we're going to review Nightmare Alley tonight, that's on yeah, you guys. It is. We still love you, but. Uh, yeah, that's mm, on you guys. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. We said it two or three times. Yeah. <laughs> Nightmare. Uh, so I'm kind of excited to talk about this movie. Uh, I am too. Yeah. So yeah. let's give the listeners, I know we saved this all for the 
episode 100, which is a few weeks ago. You can go back and listen to it. Yeah. But uh, some behind-the-scenes stuff. Oh, sure. We were actually planning tonight to do our full-strength episode on Tender Bar. Right. Uh, but you and I have both seen Nightmare Alley, and we kind of started talking about it because we were, you know, planning on what next week we're going to review. Yeah. And uh, and we started having such an interesting conversation about Nightmare Alley. Yeah. And we started talking about Tender Bar and was like, let's flip-flop. We really have more to say about <laughs> Nightmare Alley than we do about Tender Bar. Yeah. And, and so, so next week, uh, you can tune in and listen to us talk about Tender Bar. Yeah, please in do. In a just a sip format. Yeah. It's not like it's going to be a bad episode. It's just... This one, uh, we we were just uh, interested in doing this one first, and since yeah, yeah, and uh, and spending some time on it because I think there's some stuff here to talk about. I think so too. Uh, I think so too. Because as we were watching, I don't want to get too far ahead. No. But as we were watching, or as I watched it, right, I was underwhelmed. But yeah. As I started talking about it, I realized I was a lot more invested and interested in it than I was after watching it immediately. Now, that's interesting because what happened with me is that's very similar. And the more I thought about it, the more I thought, you know, this movie has more to offer than I thought it did. Yeah. So without further ado, I think we all by now know what that sound means. Yes. Time for the Old Man Rundown. In the remake of a 1947 thriller that didn't really need a remake, <laughs> we get the joy of seeing how the Carnies did it, the old-fashioned guys, how cool they were, how tricky, how Stan can never be rich enough. But that's not all, folks. Step right up. We get to watch Stan set his father on fire over and over again <laughs> for no particular reason. <laughs> scene (laughs) oh that's funny yeah that's funny what's Uh, funnier about that is i said i said earlier to kevin uh i said that that was so weird that right at the beginning he sets his father on fire and kevin was like well i don't Oh, that's right. <laughs> so we may have had different views on this. No, no. What you said earlier was they throw a guy in a hole and set him on fire. Oh. And I was thinking, when did that happen? Yeah. But then you mentioned maybe geek training. Me, that's that's where my mind that's what went. You thought, huh? But uh, yeah, that then sense. uh then you said his father. And I was like, yeah. oh yeah, no, his father's already dead. When he does that, he's burning a corpse. He's not setting his father on fire. Yeah, there's a reason he's dead, though. Well, let's not spoil. No, <laughs> tuberculosis Me? was hard on people back it then. It was, yeah, the plague <laughs> or whatever it was. Yeah. So this story, to give the listeners a, a bit of a clearer <laughs> rundown, Stan is what? played by uh, Bradley Cooper. <laughs> yes, who is haunted. And does not speak for almost 20 minutes into the movie. It's a fantastic introduction to a character. Because you learn so much about him as he's riding the train. As he's, as he's, a, he's a grifter at this point. The, the, scene, oh, the film opens 
with this burning body, with right. him burning a body. We don't yeah. know who the body is at this point. No, so we don't. Minor spoilers We're not there, tell you folks. Either. <laughs> um, Except that we already did. Yeah, right. Uh, but yeah, so we, we know he's done something probably bad. Yeah, because he burns the house down, too. Yeah, yeah. And he puts, inexplicably, he puts the father in a hole in the floor. And then sets it on fire. Boy, that really bothered Dougie, I'm not going to do that to you, okay? Just calm down. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be in a different place anyway. It was very interesting. Uh, A very interesting beginning. It really grabbed me right at the beginning. I was hooked right from the start. It took a little bit longer for me, but but I would have to agree. It is a a very interesting beginning. And so he, he runs into this carnival. Yeah, that uh, that needs some help, and Willem Dafoe offers to pay him five cents for the day or something like right. that, uh, right? Minus two cents for dinner or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyways, Willem Dafoe is this is this carnival headmaster, ringmaster, basically. Yeah. There's, it's not Barnum and Bailey. There's no lions no. or tigers. These are all sideshows. What they used to call freaks. Yes. Um, strong men. It's got a woman played by Rooney Mara who can shoot electricity through her body. Yeah, with um, Van de Graaff generators. Yeah, yeah, and you've got fortune tellers and tarot card readers and a mentalist who yes. can tell you that the watch you're wearing belongs to your father, yet he's never met you kind of thing. Right, and right. There's hints of reality in all of these tricks. Yeah. But they are all tricks. They are all tricks, and all of it's fake. Yeah, and it's a, but it's interesting to learn because there are hints of reality yeah. in each trick. There not hints of reality, but there's realism to all the tricks. Sure. Um, well, it's like a good magician. Right, yeah, you know, exactly. He doesn't saw the woman in half. Right. Not really, but it looks like he does. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, so we kind of follow... Stan, Bradley Cooper's character, right. as he uh, kind of falls in love with the Rooney Mara character, Molly. who does not... Uh, Molly, yeah, right. thank you. She does not return his affection, so there's a there's a pursuit there. There's yes. Tony Collette, who he kind of looks upon... I saw it kind of motherly, um, uh, I, I with could, a weird element. <laughs> yeah, it, it sort of was because... Yeah, she's sort of in between, I think. She is Xena, the seer. Yes. And she is able, through her uh, her partner, Pete, uh, is able to tell the future. Right. And uh, who uh, who plays Pete? Uh, He's a great actor. I have it right here. His name is uh, David Stratham. Yes. Stratham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm He's not positive I'm pronouncing great. that right. Yeah, no, I think you got he it. He was really good, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ron Perlman yep. plays the strong man. Yep. Uh, and if you know, oh, and if you haven't guessed by the cast yet, this is a Guillermo del Toro film. Right. Right. Uh, and if you're familiar with his work at all, you should know that it's going to be a bit creepy. <laughs> <laughs> and and that box is checked fairly yep. soon. Yep. Uh, it's going to be dark, and it's going to be interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good way to describe it. Um, yeah, it's two and a half hours long, and I'm not sure it 
and I'm not sure it's worth two and a half hours, but it's not the worst two and a half hours I've ever spent. It's there is. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I I was run out of uh, out of ideas. Yes. <laughs> um, as it happens to me quite often. <laughs> there, the pacing was not an issue for me. I felt like this movie, for being as long as it was, moved quite along or quite quite smoothly. I will say there's, uh, and we don't want to give too much of the story away. We've already given away quite a bit, I think. Uh, yeah. Nothing but there's that, a lot more that we're not going to tell yeah. you until spoilers. There so. is a middle section of the film that gets a little involved in politics and who's who of this little town. Not politics yeah. like you're thinking of modern day, but just like there's a so at some point there Kate Blanchett comes into the story as like this rich psychologist yes yes and so this middle portion of the film for me might have dragged on the most yes but uh but still the i was never bored during the movie and i have to say i looked to see how long it was i was surprised it was that long so kudos to them because normally you know a longer film is not my cup of tea. But. Yeah, or, you know, you get past the hour 36 mark for you and you're ready to <laughs> turn it off. Yeah, I'm ready to, you know, get a little nap in. There's a know. reason you like kids' movies. <laughs> and it's funny, you know, we will do the Tinder Bar next week. Yeah. And uh, not to give anything away, but it seemed long to me. And the Tinder Bar is an hour and 46 minutes. <laughs> it seemed longer than this one. I agree. So that should tell you I something. agree. Yeah, yeah. Which is probably part of the reason we decided to I'm do this one. <laughs> probably so. So, Dougie, uh, enough plot. Yeah, I think. Yeah, he he's making his way in the world. He's trying to learn. Uh, he's trying to learn the tricks of the people of the carnival so that he can be one of them, basically. Yeah. yeah. That he he can fool people. Right. And he and he's good at and it. He gets good at it. Yeah. 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 He seems to have a natural ability for it. He does, and he works at it, mm -hmm. and he's a smooth-talking Yeah, the guy. con man grifter part really, again, we don't know much of his past at all. No. But we can tell he's a con man of sorts because he's good yeah. at, like, he's got a natural gift yes. for making people like him, kind of. Yes. Uh, but, yeah, what did you like about this movie, Dougie? Hmm. You know that the individual actors uh, like Bradley Cooper and uh, uh, Kate Blanchett and uh, Rooney Mara, those people are just, especially Bradley Cooper, like old time movie stars. They just fill up the screen. I don't know if that's the right way to put no, it. No, I was I was trying to think about it, and I'm just thinking back, and yeah, you're absolutely you right. Know, They've got old-time movie star. Yeah, yeah. Um, and maybe that's because this is an old-time set, too. That might be part of it, you know, with the uh, all the fancy uh, uh, outfits and all that, especially when you get to the Kate Blanchett part. Um, but, yeah, I, I really thought for as many quote-unquote stars as they were in the movie they worked really well together they all worked you know they uh, really willem, did willem dafoe 
was really good in his role. Uh, they all, they were all really quite good in their roles. So I, I really liked, I, I really felt like the actors did a great job. Uh, it is, in, in some ways, it's a very interesting story because you follow this guy's arc all the way through. The, in, in my dislikes, you'll, <laughs> you hear some of the same thing because <laughs> they follow his arc all the way through. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, I like this the setting. I thought it was beautifully shot. Yeah, it uh, re- looks really good. It is, and uh, though I don't normally notice music, the music was good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I had a, a number of things I really liked. Uh, how about you? Yeah, I mean, you kind of took all my all my choices. Sorry, man. Now I have to be the copycat. Yeah. Um, I I think well, you were. You know, that's the truest form of flattery that's true i'd like to flatter you yeah um i think that uh kate blanchett for me was not a standout in this movie because she's she's good in everything she's a tremendous actor yeah Uh, how so so when she's good i kind of expect it isn't that funny? Yeah, and yeah. it's not fair to her because she's very good in this. Right, but you mentioned that earlier, and that's that was my thought too. Is that fair that just because she's really good in everything she does, <laughs> yeah. that you don't don't see her as particularly good? Yeah, <laughs> right. And then when you we know, what have you done for me lately, Kate Blanchett? Right, and then we talk about somebody like Meryl Streep who finally does some real acting in something yeah. like Don't Look Up, which we talked about a few weeks right. ago. Right, and uh, <laughs> we're like, yeah, she was over the top. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I was going to point out Tony Collette's, uh, I thought she was quite good in this performance. Um, she was very believable. I don't always find her so enjoyable. No, I don't either. And I've mentioned that on podcasts. Yeah. When we talked about Knives Out, you really gave her the, the ringer there. I thought she was the worst character on there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But she's very good. Sorry, Tony. She's very subtle in this, which I think is a good choice on her because she's a future a future teller a tarot card reader she could have gone over the top like she did she in knives have. out yeah but she played it really subtly and she really did. genuinely it was pretty smooth yeah um i loved her and pete's relationship uh pete's her husband is uh, he her husband well he's her partner yeah i guess right. technically i don't know their marital he's status. a very cool character but he's also an alcoholic mm-hmm and uh, that causes strain on, on everything, on everything, right. yeah, yeah, on the whole, on the whole, on the whole plot, really, right, right. Um, and then there was, yeah, Willem Dafoe. I mean, you're looking at a cast of actors I really admire. It's like an all-star cast, it really, is. and it, yeah. and I, I really liked what you said about it being an ensemble. Yeah. Yes, Bradley Cooper is the star. Right. But everyone else plays their roles so perfectly, and they just work so well together that uh, aside from Bradley, there's no real superstar. No. Like, they're all just really important characters in the film. And you know what? I think that's a really important part of making a good movie. You don't want one character to just really stand out where, where, where people like us say, well, you know, Bradley Cooper was really so, so really good, and we're all up on him and uh 
you know, you know what I'm saying? It's, I do absolutely because well, and it's like it's kind of one one of those things that kind of makes you say like one performance can't make a great movie, right? It has to be all the performances, yeah. Um, and this one really worked. It did. I do say I would say also that I know you're not super familiar with Guillermo del Toro's work. No, he I thought has... I thought he made lawnmowers. <laughs> I didn't really. (laughs) Um, He's got a look to his films. He's got a sheen on his uh, on his camera or something. It's they're all grimy yet beautiful. They're all kind of dingy yet stunning. Like that is a really good way to describe it. Yeah, it's I don't know what it is. There's a trick he does, but it's different than all any other movie. You know, like you know as we. We didn't get to do our uh, Jodie Foster thing last year because it it was just too much at the time. Maybe we can get to that this year. But uh, there's something when you start looking at a particular filmmaker, not necessarily an actor, when you start looking at a filmmaker and you start to see things, it's definitely the camera and this gritty, grimy shine. Because it's not dirty. It's beautiful. But it's grimy like there's I don't something know. It, to it yeah it's yeah very unique, it's hard to describe and it's very guillermo del toro right um and the more movies i see uh the more i'm beginning to recognize the director's touch mm-hmm. whereas i wouldn't necessarily before i started doing this so well i know we probably won't do i don't know what our segment is but i'll mention this here in case we don't get to it right if you're gonna look at guillermo del toro's work I think his best work is Pan's Labyrinth. Ah, However, yeah. my favorite of his is Shape, Shape of Water. Water. Yeah. Love that film. So, uh, if you're if you're if you want to try and see what I'm talking about, go check out those two films, and you'll you'll pick it up pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the music was great. I think yeah, I I think that's it really for me. Um, what about your dislikes, Dougie? Well. I don't like how the story ends. Okay, uh, let's move on. <laughs> we will talk about the spoiler. I, I won't talk about it at all. Just that if I, if I were talking about it, uh, one of the characters has a particular arc, and I don't like the way that ends. And we will talk about it in spoilers. I won't give anything yeah. away. Um, yeah, I guess I, what I don't like is the story. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like how the story ends. Let's put it that way. That's fair. I get it, but I don't like it. Yeah. All right. How about you? I'm only going to give you one dislike because, honestly, there wasn't very much to dislike about this movie. Yeah. At least in my mind. Okay. So here's the odd thing for me. I saw this movie right after I saw Licorice Pizza. Right. Which you love. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Give me that PTA. (laughs) Um. (laughs) I went to see Licorice Pizza at 7. I got out at 9.30. At 9.30, Nightmare Alley started. So I walked back up to the counter, gave him my Regal card again, walked back into the theater yeah. for Nightmare Alley. So it was a, it was right after Licorice Pizza. It was late. Probably a work night. Yep, yep. yep. I worked the next day. And I was bored watching this movie. That's funny. Uh, in fact, when, when I got home, my wife asked, you know, 
what what how was it and i was like licorice pizza great uh nightmare alley boring and that's, that's why funny. when we talked about it i wanted to kind of do uh, a shorter one on that yeah, because yeah. it's just kind of boring to me however in talking about it there was so much there and now i'm <laughs> trying to think about what i didn't like about the movie and Isn't i'm having funny? a hard time yeah trying to think about what i didn't like and um, i and i think i told you earlier that the the more i thought about it the more i liked the movie actually yeah or a, at least appreciated it for what it is okay so the movie for so for dislikes for me i'll try and narrow it down here all right uh, we mentioned geeks in the yeah in our the introduction, intro. right? Yeah, and there's this there's this thing called the geek, and kind of Willem Dafoe, his character, kind of explains it to Bradley, and right. it's really foul and dirty and disgusting. It's a thing that people do to people, and it's just terrible. Yeah. Um, and I didn't like that element. I think that's interesting. I, I, I didn't either. I forgot to mention it in my dislike. So everything in the carnival is meant to trick and confuse and make you feel something manipulated. Really? They do. Except for the geek. Who is the only one there, not really of his own will, and that kind of bothered me. And I, actually, on in 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 reality, now that I think about it, that was intentional. That that wasn't like yes, it was meant to be that way. Right. Um. It was. It was in. It was there to make you feel gross. Right. And it, and did, it did. And I didn't like that. No. Um, I don't know. We'll get into spoilers later, yeah. so we can kind of move on. But I didn't like the role of the geek in the in the film. No, I didn't either. It just made me feel wrong. Like I kind of liked most of these characters, and I liked Willem Dafoe and thought he did great. But the fact that they've got this geek there made me feel not so pleased with all the characters yeah and, and if, again, you, if you see the movie you'll see what intentionally Kevin's talking about. like yeah i don't this isn't a movie about good people <laughs> no, no you know so it, it, more kudos to guillermo for for creating this character but it it worked too well for me i think right. i just that, didn't that like particular that aspect of it yeah yeah i have to agree and then i know you talked about in your rundown about how they he burns his <laughs> the old man or the body in the hole yeah over and over and over again right i do think that that was done a little too much and i think the amount of flashback we got of just that one scene yeah he's having this flashback to something that he may or may not have done (laughs) well whether he did it or not it affected him greatly yeah Um, so he these were all flashbacks on his part uh, yeah, and they're flash. They're not they're, so many. They're not so many. Not much flashbacks for the audience. They're more waking nightmares right. for him. Right. So yeah. it's it's important to the story. However, you're right. I think that that probably added to the feeling of boredom because they show that scene a lot. You're right. At least six times. I you know I, I 
you're not exaggerating at all. I'll, I'll bet it's more than six, actually. And each time it gets maybe a little bit clearer on what happened. Not necessarily. Not even necessary. I just, mean, sometimes it's the same. So, you know, we're moving along on this interesting story, and all of a sudden, boom, we're interrupted with this waking nightmare vision from it's, Bradley Cooper. It seemed unnecessary to me. And it's like, actually. okay, but it's funny because that's how the movie opened. So then, okay, let's move on. And then 10 minutes later, we see it again. And it's like, wait, didn't we just see, like you're saying, the exact same scene? Okay, move on. Oh, we got three minutes prior to the match or whatever. Okay. Uh, uh, so I think that that really kind of broke up the, the interesting story I was having. Um, And then we didn't mention Richard Jenkins, who plays a very rich grieving man oh right um who he does a great job in the performance that element of the sport story was kind of boring to me as well huh. um so i think huh. and that kind boring of happens, is not the right word for me but but i didn't like it either so <laughs> uh not boring prolonged yes uh too many visits where yeah. it's like we kind of they could have cut we get, we get what's going on you know but as we kind of said at the beginning, like it didn't feel long, so Not really. maybe it was just a late night thing for me because yeah, yeah. I didn't feel bored watching the movie. It was just afterwards I was like, it's kind of boring, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I now that we're talking about it, just those few things that kind of knocked it down for me. Mm-hmm. Um, what else you got, Dougie? I don't have anything to add. Uh, except to agree with you about about the the burning man thing <laughs> yeah it was i really don't think it was necessary to the movie i think it'd be just as good a movie if you cut it out actually yeah you could almost cut it out completely or just keep it as the opening and maybe one more flashback where we well, get towards, the full story explained that's exactly right you could do that easily i mean it's so, it's an interesting element that obviously is a pivotal point in Stan's life that yes. causes him to go on the road, whether he's running, whether he's seeking, whether he's following his grief, what we're not right. exactly sure, right. but uh, yeah. So that's, that was fine to have a part of the story. In fact, it was kind of nice so that we know why he's grifting, yeah. you know? Um, but yeah. I do love the I do love the the intro. I love I love it when movies take their time to get into the dialogue. Oh, the, with his, his his drifting along and then yeah, it's into it's the... a silent movie for the first fifteen minutes. At least Bradley Cooper is silent. Pretty much, yeah. Um, yeah, I I really like those kinds of movies that really set the tone and the setting before you get yeah. right into a lot of dialogue. Yeah. Some people find those boring, but I like it. <laughs> I think that's. That's all I have on, on on this part. How about you? That's it for me. All right. Well, let's rate Nightmare Alley. Where did it come from? They got by the same lust and threat that got us all walking on this earth, but gone wrong somehow in maternal wombs. Not fit for living. Is it a beast? 
see him fail. Come on in and find out. Is he man or beast? Okay, Dougie. All right. Well, I wanted to go first so I can think about it for another minute. All right. I was far too harsh on this film in my original Letterboxd rating. And I will be bumping this up to a solid three and a half. I think it's worth a watch. If any of what we talked about sounded interesting to you, I think it's worth a watch. And I'm going to just kind of leave it at that. We've talked almost a half hour about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I think that's good. Uh, I think it's worth a watch. I'll say that. Well, fair enough. Um, man, I've been a, it's been like a yo-yo for me. And I realize all the all the wonderful, truly wonderful acting in it. And it is an interesting story. But there's elements as we'll get into the uh, spoilers that I don't really care for. Um, so I am leaning towards a three and a half or a four. Ooh, but I'm going to settle. I'm going to settle on a three and a half. Oh, I'm going to have to boo. agree with you today. <laughs> Much as it pains me to do that, I'm that surprises me that you were teetering between a four, though. Yeah, I really did not think it shocked me that you watched this movie. Actually, yeah, you sent me a text and I was like, "What?" <laughs> it is not my kind of movie. This is most certainly not my genre. No. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it is well done in the, the true sense of how I always say that. It's well done. It's take a drink of your coffee, folks. It's yeah. well done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to settle on a three and a half. Great. Uh, so, yeah, so uh, a pair of recommendations. If it sounds interesting to you. <laughs> um, okay. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You're recommending it. Okay. I will recommend it with some reservations. What I'm saying is... Because it's if a creepy... If you've listened to this podcast and what we've talked about sounds interesting... Yes. Then you're recommending it as a good watch if it sounds like something you're into. Yes. As long as you realize it's a pretty creepy ending. Okay. Also, if you aren't familiar with Guillermo del Toro, you should know that it's a creepy film. <laughs> he True. makes creepy films. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Dougie. Hey, you want to do a segment? I think so. Yeah. Let's do uh I mean, we both mentioned how wonderful this film looks. It it does. In yes. our likes. Yep. Agreed. So I think that means we should probably do something like picture perfect. Picture perfect would be perfect. A reminder for those who are old and a introduction for those who are new. Picture perfect is where we pick uh, basically a single frame of the film that we would blow up as a poster as kind of a representation of our experience or of our of, of what we think the movie's about something like that right uh we're not so stingent on this podcast uh, if it's kind of a scene that's okay too 
Um, right, but we're trying to narrow it down. Trying it, to get it well, to where it's kind of fun, actually. Yeah, it's, it's a us, game, so. exactly. Yeah. Uh, a segment. <laughs> yes. Uh, would you like to go first, Dougie? Well, I would. Because uh, uh, this one just burns in my mind. Uh, there is a beautiful shot right at the beginning of him burning up his father. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Uh, that, that's Classic. not really it. Okay, so my uh, picture perfect is when he first is walking in and you begin to see the full scale of the of the carnival and all of the elements of that. If you could freeze that frame, that would be my picture perfect moment. Yeah, that's uh, a great scene. I believe at that point it's getting close to darkness. And it's like it's one of the more beautiful yeah. shots of the film as well, like just yeah. a- aesthetically pleasing. Yes, uh, before it, it gets gritty, kind of. <laughs> um, very good. My picture perfect uh, moment comes when. So, in one of the scenes, the carnival is about to get raided. By some group, I can't. I don't remember if it's law enforcement. I think it's law enforcement. I, I think you're right. Uh, so they feel like some. I don't remember why they show up exactly, but uh, they are going to arrest some people, and this is kind of the first moment where Bradley Cooper gets to exercise in a real life situation the things he has been learning yes. from Pete. Oh, and, right. I know exactly what you're talking about. And uh, so I, it, it's hard to describe without seeing it, but Rooney Mara is strapped to this electrical device. Right. And, uh, and there are cops that have people in handcuffs or are at least gr- roughly grabbed. And Bradley Cooper is kind of standing there and he's a tall man. He's, he's he, a, he's a, he looks really big in this. I don't know how how big he actually is, but he looks imposing in he this. He does. And you can just like if you were to freeze that frame right there, you could just kind of see this light in him. Cuz he's about to uh become who he was meant to be. Exactly. And he's got Rooney Mara there whose life is potentially in his hands. He right. fails they all go to jail. He yes. succeeds. I think they may have been doing this carnival without a license. I think uh, that was it. But yeah, sure. maybe. I can't remember the details, but right. I, it's such a cool picture of like You're, of a man who's about to change his own world. So in your in your uh, poster, it would be it would be his face in that situation, or it would no, it would be I mean, it would be the whole scene with he, her strapped. She's to the, strapped to the the machine. The cops are there, intimidating, and he's like, "No, I got this." Yeah. Like he's he's read the room and he yes. knows what he can do. He's he's taken the lesson and he's about to change his destiny. Really, and he really is. Yeah, yeah. it's a great moment from the film. So that's what I'd pick. That is a great choice too. Awesome. Well, should yeah. we get to uh, some spoilers? Because I got nothing else, Dougie. I don't either. I'm just gonna thank you for listening in, and if you're you realize we're gonna spoil it up for you pretty bad here in a moment. Yep. After the credits, we'll see you then. All right.
One Brew Over the Cuckoo's Nest is created and hosted by Kevin and Doug Zane. Follow our social media on Twitter at One Brew Over for Kevin and at The Old Man and Da Brew for Doug. Keep up with the podcast on Instagram at One Brew Over. Email your feedback to onebrewover at gmail.com. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoy the show, leave a review and tell a friend. Sound bites and trailers for films are taken from YouTube and do not belong to this podcast. All original music is written and recorded by Kevin Zaid. For archival episodes and more, go to www.onebrewover.com. And thanks for listening to One Brew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Okay, Dougie. Yeah, yes, boy. it's his father. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry yeah. to all our loyal, our loyal spoiler haters. Yeah, we did spoil a few things here. Right. It is his father that he's burning up in the and first scene. For some reason, he wraps him up in something to burn him, and he digs. He goes to the trouble of digging up the floor, even though he's going to burn the house down. I don't understand yeah, that, that was either. that was a little odd. I didn't yeah. quite understand. Maybe he was just distressed or something like that. Like uh, I don't know, but then you see at the end he he kills him before he burns him. <laughs> Luckily. That was that oh, was uh Yeah, true. That was nice of him. That's actually true, yeah. He's very sick. It's Yeah, you think? <laughs> no, no, no. The father. The oh, father yeah. is very sick, like physically yeah. sick. So then the guy comes in, takes his blanket, and watches him shiver and die. I hated that part. Yeah, there's a twisted element. Again, folks, this is Guillermo del Toro. There's nothing light and fluffy about these films. No. And um, I shouldn't okay. have been expecting it to have a happy ending, but it was so, a creepy ending. And that wasn't even the ending. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so a spoiler I wanted to discuss. Richard Jenkins, I think, is great in his role. Yeah. I found that element dumb. The whole bringing back the the woman he killed, yeah. who was pregnant, and not his wife, or like yeah, it was odd, and it kind of detracted from the story. I think. I think for those of us who listened to us rave about the things we liked about this movie and didn't listen to spoilers yeah. might be confused why we ended at a 3.5. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right on that. If if they don't listen to spoilers, they're not really going to get it. It's like, what? Well, these guys just kind of, they really seem to like it. I don't know why they went 3.5. Well, well, because there's some really crappy things, too. <laughs> Yeah, the 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 worst part of this movie was the story element, and we don't want to we want to do our best to not spoil the story it, in the earlier segments. Yeah, section. before right. we exactly. get to spoilers. Right. Yeah. But um, well, yeah. Anybody, you know, we're expecting if you listen to our podcast that that you know how kind of how we do things. We we try really hard not to spoil it. Then we do the end credits and. 
and then we spoil it for those who want us to because there's still some really interesting things to talk about. Yeah, so Richard... But you can't do that and not spoil it. <laughs> yeah. So Richard Jenkins in a past, not in a past life, but in his past, has killed a woman who was pregnant. Um, or you, you get the... In the end, you get the idea that he may have done it to more than one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so he's, he believes that Bradley Cooper's character, he believes because Bradley Cooper tells him. Yeah. Um, part of the mentalist act is medium. Like, yeah. he can he can talk to the dead. And so... Yeah, I didn't really like that part at all. I liked when they fooled people into, you know, your watch, that was your father's watch. And all the... Uh, I guess that's mentalist stuff. But right. There's a mix between mentalism and mediumism yeah, or whatever it no, is. No, that's right. I didn't like it when they went that far with it. Yeah, I mean that's a it's a world that's closely intertwined. Mm-hmm. Um the whole but but I agree, it kinda lost its element of fun for me. Uh yeah. And yeah. so yeah, Richard Jenkins, he will pay Bradley Cooper an enormous amount of money right if he can get if he can bring this girl back to life just so he can see her ghost or something like yeah. that and he finally convinces Rooney Mara to pretend to be this woman and like that that element was just really lost on me that yeah. plot was really lost on me um it was a it, it was a, in my mind an unnecessary twist. Yeah, the the I think the Kate Blanchett character is interesting. She is. co-competitors, hers based in quote unquote science. Right. His based on f- mentalism. Yeah. It's this interesting world between science and spirituality and like that was really interesting and like having this this old man that like she couldn't get through to but he can and you can make a lot of money kind of manipulating yeah. this guy yeah that was an interesting tale but it went too no it went, it went too, too far off the rails yeah yeah no um, i i agree yeah i thought i thought kate blanchett's part um i thought that uh i thought that was fine yeah, I thought it was interesting, but but like you said, it it went too far, it yeah. was off the rails. It, I did. I liked the competition element of like who can get this guy's money, or like. But then it just went, yeah. it just went too far, and that's kind of what ends up driving the final end. Yeah, where well, and, and you want to tell him that. So yeah, I get. I I think I will with what I'm about to say, but I. I did not like the geek element. Yeah. They had and you mentioned this in your uh in the in the first part here, but uh all those guys at the circus, they're uh I'm trying to think of the right word, shysters. They're they trick people. Right. They make people believe things that aren't really happening and all, but they're not mean. They're, they're I mean, not. There's no cruelty there. There's no. Yeah. They're. They are stealing people's money by yeah. tricking them. Yeah. They're. But yeah. they're not. 
but they're just tricking them. They're not hurting them. They're, they're not hurting them physically. The geek thing, I will have to look it up because I'm curious. Did they ever do that? That doesn't sound like a carnival thing. Did they, you know, they'd have a, they'd have the bearded woman or well, the well, yeah, I don't know, Car- unbearded I don't know if man. We ever went to carnivals as a kid. I don't really remember going to any. Well, they're more, uh, they're much more tame now. More, that's what I'm you're saying. More likely to, like to pop balloons with a dart at the right now. or see like a. a a 700 pound pig that probably actually weighs 400 pounds and those were kind of freak shows but but to and if you actually if you haven't seen it you're just listening to this uh they 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 train these guys by basically capturing them and turning them into uh almost subhuman because that's the way they treat them and then they show people these guys because he'll eat a big chicken it's like he'll eat a bite out of a raw or a a live chicken yeah because they've been starving him i guess well no willem dafoe explains it uh they put some sort of drug in their liquor yeah and they they don't feed them, and they basically only give them this psychotic drug through alcohol. Oh, um, which is why at the end, when Bradley Cooper looks at that shot, when the the new guy played by a Coen brother favorite, what's his name? Oh, I don't, I don't know. The guy who played Buster Scruggs. Yeah, I, I it Tim something. Yeah, Anyways, I don't, I don't know. I don't have that one written down, but uh, he gives him the shot of alcohol, and that's when Bradley Cooper starts laughing. Yeah, because, because he, he knows what's going on. That he he understands that he is about to become the geek, and he takes the shot anyways because at this point he says, "That's what I was meant to that's be. That's what I was I meant was born to, be. to be." Which I did. I did kind of like that final element. Did you? Yeah, it, ah. it brought closure. Like, well, I, you know why I didn't like it because I didn't like the geek element. I didn't like so. the geek element either. However, I thought it, that's a more satisfying ending. Then where did Bradley Cooper go or end up? Which so many films could have ended there. Has he ran True. and jumped on right. the train? You know, like, right. did he escape? We don't, blah, blah, blah. Like, right. this was like, no, he ended up. You know how he ended up. And not only that, but like, he didn't necessarily not deserve it, if that makes any sense with all the no, double negatives makes, I said. It makes, <laughs> oh, <laughs> makes all the sense in the world. Actually, when you realize what he's done. Right. When you realize what he's done. He's a bad guy. He is. He's a bad guy, which he, I actually end up kind of enjoying. It's it's yeah, fun you don't to kind realize of, it through much of the movie, actually. Right. Until he begins this kind of a twist with a twist is the wrong word, but the when he when he kind of hooks up with Kate Blanchett and that part of his life where he's He's trying to make more and more money. Yes. Becoming he, more and more famous. Yes. And, the fame and the money gets yep. to his head. Yep. And he does some awful things to get it. He does, yeah. And uh, and then at the end, he's like, it's what, I, what did he say? He's what, who I was always meant to be yep. or something like that. Yeah. And you're like. He's laughing. Yeah. And he takes a drink knowing that he's going where. Yeah. Because he knows the spiel. That he knows He knows what he's going to do. Willem Dafoe just tells them exactly him. how they do it. Yeah. And it's this weird, torturous, drug addiction, 
alcohol infused just torture. Yeah. Um for money and it's terrible. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It's really terrible. And I get it it was a different time but like <laughs> that that is like that movie. Well, it was a different time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that excuse doesn't work. No. Like horrible it things doesn't were, ever work. Horrible <laughs> things were always horrible yeah. even if it was societally acceptable right and this wasn't even so sociably acceptable right people went to these things because they knew this was things were off like yeah Yeah. people paid to see that guy eat the chicken because they wanted to but they knew it was that i don't get why they would want to but i guess i'm just humanity is curious about gentler torture i guess i don't know but i would never pay that that seems no stinking screwed up yeah try and make it easy on you for not having to bleep this episode (laughs) (laughs) thank you sir it seems really wrong um and not fun but i mean whatever it was a different time but that doesn't make it right and it was wrong then and it feels wrong and i'm really curious now now is if if that ever happened well i'm sure it did I'm, know, I'm sure an a element, really weird. I'm sure an element of it. Well, did. that whether it's exaggerated, perhaps, but yeah. something like that. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, and you get as you like I said earlier, you get a real sense of what a really bad guy he is. Okay, here's a question for All you. Right. Does Bradley Cooper kill Pete? Yes. On purpose. I think so. I didn't at the time. I know I know he's the one that brought the bottle down. Yeah. And so yes, I understand that he is the one that kills Pete. Yeah. My question is, did he kill Pete? Like did he murder Pete knowingly? By giving intentionally. Him intentionally. Yep. I think so. You think so? I, I think, think so. so too. I did not I wasn't sure at the when I watched it. I thought maybe he got the bottles wrong by mistake. But then seeing him take I, his place so conveniently, yeah, I think now on reflection, he murdered him. He knew very well what was in those bottles. Yeah, and he gave it to him intentionally, and he killed him. You, but like you were kind of hinting at, you don't really realize that until later, when you realize what a bad guy he, what a uh, opportunist he is. Yes, and he just doesn't care about other people really no he likes he likes molly but only until she's a means to an end in some ways i think he liked her at at the beginning because i mean she's beautiful first of all she is walking phoenix is a lucky man to be married to her is that is that right yeah yeah she's Uh, very pretty and 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 she's she's not like the rest of them no she seems not necessarily educated but sophisticated like she has a different air and so about her yeah than the rest of the carnies i was gonna say almost childlike but that's not i don't know yeah i wouldn't say childlike that makes it seem uh, even a little bit more odd no you're right no you're right but she I'll seems edit that. Se- <laughs> she seems because I sounded dumb. <laughs> she seems different. Yes, uh, no question. Than the rest of the people at the carney. Right. Um, for one thing, she seems more kind. Yeah. Because she 
and Zena actually both warn him against, um, how do they put it? Going too far when he's reading them. Yes. Well, there's a term for it. It's like going to the dark side. Ah. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I can't remember. They, they use the term several times, but I can't recall it right at this moment. But doing things that will hurt people. Right. Messing with their heads. Basically, yeah. yeah. And uh, it's just one thing to fool somebody into thinking you can tell all, everything about them by their watch. It's another to tell them that you see their grandmother with her hand on your shoulder or something. Right. But yeah, so, uh, but as he and Molly's relationship blooms and blossoms and they escape yeah. the carny and, and they, they've got this great little mentalist gig going on in this city. Right. And uh, he, she becomes not necessary anymore because now he has Kate Blanchett and yeah. he treats her Molly like a a used rag like yeah. he no longer She's needs just baggage. Her. Yeah, and uh, that was so sad to me. And and that's that's kind of the first showing it. Well, I mean killing Pete and the the whole things with his father is is one thing, but those are never explained. But no. But you have you to s- guess a little bit for part of the film right but as you as he starts to go through and like you realize that oh nothing is important to him except him yeah and money and fame money and fame right and so like an interesting circle exactly uh but yeah i don't know i don't know what else to spoil yeah tim blake nelson what do you mean tim blake nelson (laughs) Uh, that is the guy who plays the carny at the end, who oh, gives right. Bradley Cooper the right. bottle. He's, oh, I'm glad you remember. Yeah, I just it came to my head. I knew it was, he was something. You know, he's only in there for a second. He's actually pretty good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, he's a great actor. Yeah. Um, just, uh, let's have a drink between us, old carnies. Yeah. And I didn't see it coming until he gave him that, and I go, "Oh no, yeah, no, yeah." No, that's a terrible ending. But I love, Except, I love that it didn't fool him either. Right. Like it would have been yeah. one thing if it had come as a surprise to all of us, including his character. But he looks at that glass and is like, just starts laughing. This totally creepy Bradley Cooper, great yeah. acting job, laugh. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, he knows, yeah. and he takes it anyways. He does. He could have set it down and been like, I'm not that desperate. Yeah. Like. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, oh, I got nothing else really. I I don't have anything else either. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Yep. We'll see you next week.